0: Hi.
1: baby baby one
0: day baby
1: This is Rocket Bomb. This is Brian, and I have on the phone with me John from the Juan McLean. Hi, John. How are you tonight? Hi. Hey, good. Um, my first question for you is, uh, what is the Juan McLean? <laughs> well, ostensibly, it's
2: a so you know my solo project, but um, it's also turned into a full-fledged band at this point um with nancy from who is also an lcd sound system and nick Milheiser and jerry fuchs so it's both sort of my solo project and a, a live band as well
1: so does the uh, the live the live band uh, involved with you creatively like when you're writing writing the songs or do you still do that pretty much solo Well, not
2: for my first album. That one I had written entirely on my own. But um, after touring for quite a while with my live band after that album, I knew that I had wanted to involve them more in the making of this album. And so when we went into the studio to do the basic tracking for this album, um, those guys actually ended up writing a lot of stuff as well. So, you know, they they aside from sort of just playing the parts that I've written, they end up writing their own stuff. And Nancy writes all her own vocal parts and lyrics as well.
1: Cool. You uh, speaking of new records, you have a new record coming out April twenty first. The future will come uh, on DFA. What uh What can people who've heard the first record expect from the new record? Well, I think it's uh Pretty big
2: leap forward um, in that. Well, for one thing, the songs are more vocal oriented. Um, although there's three, you know, songs that cross the eight-minute barrier. Most of them are shorter, sort of pop song structure, vocal oriented songs, and I, I think that's probably the biggest difference from the first album. And there's a lot more live instrumentation on this one as well.
1: Cool. So, um, one uh, this is kind of an off. I didn't have this written down, but one of the things that I really like about uh, um, uh, your band and you, I guess, is uh, the uh, the music videos that I've seen of a couple of your songs are just really really great. What uh, are you guys planning on doing? A lot of uh, are you planning on doing videos from this record as well?
2: Yeah, um, in fact, um, the Nancy and I just finished making our first video for this album, which is for the song "One Day," which is uh, the first single from the album, and um, it's almost entirely animated, except Nancy and I are featured in it, um, you know, as our real selves, uh, with, it, and then from there it's animated. And that'll be coming out in a few weeks, I think, sometime uh, in the middle of April.
1: Cool. That sounds that sounds really cool. I can't recall the uh, track. I didn't note it. The the video that you had of it's like sort of you, and uh, I'm not sure who the the other guy in the group is. I think he's, he's the your drummer. Um, that's
2: for uh, give me every little thing. And yes, it,
1: yeah, that's Jerry the drummer. <laughs> yeah, that that yeah that video got uh, got me a lot of attention i think yeah it was it's a it's a great video i remember also uh, catching a, a funny video clip of the two of you on youtube uh, like after a show arguing about something which was quite quite entertaining to watch <laughs> having, having oh yeah we were around.
2: fighting over uh <laughs> the, the time that i left jerry in um after a show in albuquerque and abandoned him at the show
1: <laughs> I've thought about doing that to people before, but I never, I've never actually been able to do it. So I'm impossible well, I,
2: I feel like I have to, you know, keep
1: those guys in
2: their place because it is my band, basically, and and, and sometimes they forget that it's not a democracy.
1: Um, so this is my my one throwback question. Um, you pre- you were in a band previously called Six Finger Satellite, and um, you uh, that. That band released a record called "The Pigeon's the Most Popular Bird" in 1993, and I wanted to ask you, um, like, there's the sound on that record that you guys created that, like, bands that I've played in and bands of people that I know are still trying to emulate to this day. Um, like, how how it, you play guitar in that band? I also play guitar, and I wanted to say how yeah. how does that how does that affect you, and how do, what do, what does that mean to you? I guess.
2: Uh, what does it mean to me that that record has been so influential? Sure. Is that what you're asking? Yeah. Um, well, on the on the one hand, it's always you know been gratifying to think that you know that Six Finger Satellite was such an influential band and is looked back on in that way. That's all hindsight. I can tell you that at the time being in the band, it wasn't really any great uh any great solace in thinking that we were ahead of our time or something. It was it, it was tough going a lot of the time and uh but you know, I was I I was always an engineer myself and um so so you know the, the sound of the records and the production of the records is always something that was really important um, for me, as much as the songs were themselves.
1: Cool. I, uh, the reason I, I the reason I started to mention this before we started uh, the show, but I uh, I found it really interesting because I actually um, just kind of I'll lose a little street cred for this. I had actually never listened to Six Finger Satellite uh, before I had heard um, heard the one McLean. And uh, in doing a little research, I found that band, it was just really funny because when I, um, my introduction to sort of that sound were bands like Airborne Radar and uh, Chinese Stars and things. And so I listened to these bands, and I remember when I heard those bands, I was like, man, these bands have this crazy sound. It's so cool, blah, blah, blah. I've never heard it before. And it was really interesting to find, um, to kind of track that back and then find a band just to be like, oh, my gosh, like, here it is again. But, like, Well, that's funny because, you know, Chinese Stars was, Rick from Six Finger
2: Satellite and Parabon Radar was actually started by my
1: girlfriend Andrea at the time It it all comes together (laughs) Yeah, yeah Um, So my next question is you um, it it appears that you spent some time away from music before releasing Less Than Human in 2005 Um, and I just want to ask what brought you back to to be to, to releasing records and uh, how did that time off af- affect your uh, creative process and the type of music that you wanted to create? Because as you know, the Juan McClain is a much different sound than um, some of the bands that you were in.
2: Yeah, well, uh, you know, I quit Six Finger Satellite in about nineteen ninety seven or ninety eight, and um, at that time, I was just so completely disenchanted with indie rock in general. It just had ceased to be interesting to me in any way. So um, what was more interesting to me was to just quit entirely and sort of fall off the face of the earth in terms of music, you know, the music scene. And uh, so I, I feel like I, you know, without any sort of plan, slid back into making music again, and it sort of crept up on me when I, I wasn't paying attention. Um, it, You know, after meeting Tim Goldsworthy, who went on to form the label DFA with James Murphy, um, I just started getting much more into dance music and electronic music. And it just seemed like a world of music that was sort of ripe for, you know, more innovation. And, and it, it was something but I wasn't burned out on in any way and it, and it just seemed interesting all over again. Um, and six finger satellite was always, you know, very influenced by a lot of dance music. So it wasn't really that much of a, um, that big of a step for me in a lot of ways.
1: Right. It's a, uh, it's, it's interesting how, uh, um, getting yourself away from something can kind of bring new life to certain things. I, um, I, I actually, myself, I played guitar in a hardcore band for a long time and we were very focused on trying to create, um, you know, we wanted to create these short, quick, fast songs that were, you know, tired, just ridiculously brutal, but yet interesting and arty at the same time. And, uh, got really caught up in trying to, capture certain sounds and appeal to certain groups and you know i started playing that style of music but growing up you know i listened to like pop rock and uh yeah like a lot of you know just this this is stuff that like kids grow up listening to um especially in a midwestern area where there's not a huge punk rock scene <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Um, it's been interesting the last few years is like i still i still play with some friends of mine in a band um But um, we took a little bit of a break between bands, and it's interesting how, as you kind of get away from that, how you remember and kind of start to enjoy types of music that you forgot about because it wasn't hip. Yeah,
2: well, that's that's funny because I grew up, you know, in a a hardcore and punk rock scene in Boston, and um, it would have been inconceivable to me to sort of consider that I would be involved in dance music at some point. (laughs)
1: Um, so my next question, we've kind of touched on a little, this a little bit throughout, um, some of the other questions, but I wanted to just ask you what your creative process is like. Um, and I know you mentioned that in the new record, uh, there's a lot more of collaboration between the other members of the band. Um, but when you're sitting down to and, and like, you know, concepting, concepting a song, like how does that work? Is it something that comes to you? Like just, is it something that you actually, uh, think through consciously? Is it something that things just come to you um how does that work for you
2: well it generally i think is inspired traditionally for me by feeling really bad um it I seems to be most inspired to write when i'm really troubled by something which i think is fairly evident in you know a lot of the music that i've made and uh So I, I, and then from there, I think I, I generally at this point been inspired by sounds more than anything else. I feel like every time I buy a new piece of gear, like a new synthesizer or something like that, there's always like a couple of songs that come out of it almost immediately. Um, And then it, it, you know, and also sort of being inspired by other people's music, like discovering new music that I hadn't heard before is usually pretty, gets me writing again.
1: Cool. Well, my my last question for you is, uh, uh, what's in store for the Juan McLean? Um, we've talked a little bit about, um, the, the, your upcoming record. Um, I'm, you know, assuming there'll, there'll be tours around that things like that. What's, what's coming up?
2: Um, yeah, there's uh, just, you know, going on tour with it with the live band again, um, Europe and the United States, um, and then, uh, you know, I go back to DJing again after that, and and then this time around, I'm trying to, you know, make, basically, release things faster than I have before. Um, you know, I just went, like, three years between releases, um, and I,
1: I, I, I really don't want that to happen again. How, uh, how long will you be out on tour for? Uh,
2: not sure. It, it, we, we start in Europe um, in April and then come back from there, the United States,
1: and then kind of take it from there. Cool. Well, thank you very much, John, for your time and for being on the show. Of course. No uh, problem. For those listening at home or about on your iPods or computers or what have you, next week we will have uh, the band Young Widows on the show, I hope. Um, Still trying to work out some details. So uh, be sure to come back to the site for that or subscribe to this in iTunes. And uh, thanks for listening.